Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you are joining us. You know, we've been sharing a lot of information lately concerning the end times as depicted in the Bible and relating to what we see happening in current events on the evening news. And when you compare side by side, you can't help but see the similarities. And to help us bring more a more thorough perspective on this, Dr. Richard Rooley has been sharing some deep insights into the opening of the seven seals from the book of Revelation. And we've already covered seals one through six in prior episodes. Today, he'll be discussing seal number seven, the final seal, and, and as well as other things. And if you missed any of those other episodes, you can find them in the archives. But for right now, help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Ruling. Dr. Ruling, it's a blessing to talk to you again, my brother, about this important topic. Well, it's great to be with you, uh, Pastor Robert. I love your heart for truth and for uh, your love of ministry and sharing. But, you know, it is more blessed to give than receive. And you you do that. And, and uh, you've afforded me the opportunity similarly. God bless you. Amen. Now, as part of the foundation, I want to ask you, at, at the time we're doing this recording right now, there were violent clashes on the Temple Mount yesterday. Did you see any of that information? I I looked in the news uh, to see if there's any indication. I I really believe that the key uh, thing that gets us into the end times is Zechariah 14, 1 and 2, when it says, Day of the Lord, which is the end time period, comes, and nations are gathered against Jerusalem. And I uh, may have expressed this to you, I have to others, that I I think uh, or thought (laughs) that Passover, which is today, we might see that because Titus came to Jerusalem at Passover. And if he attacked then, I think end time, day of the Lord, comes similarly. But um, uh, Christ also said, as the days of Noah. And if you recall, Noah went into the ark a full week before uh, the storm came. You know, he says, yet seven days and I'm going to bring a flood. And come into the ark, the animals went in. Uh, people should have taken the clues but uh, uh, and and I expect they may some unbelieving people mocked Noah in sealed up in that ark and nothing happening. You know who knows? But God tests our hearts sometimes by um, delays. I think that uh, that event will still happen. Uh, it it could happen. For example, as the days of Noah, um, the flood came with Passover timing on the seventeenth day of the month. But Passover starts on the fifteenth. So the idea is uh, Saturday, maybe the Jewish day of worship, the Muslims will attack. It might be a month from now, uh, May 1. I can see why uh, that would similarly be the same time a month from now. And some of Christ's closing parables suggest uh, the the second month as the days of Noah, uh, or also his phrase, um, when you watch, you don't understand. Five women missed the wedding, but uh, the reason you, he says you don't understand for the kingdom of heaven's like a man traveling to a far country. Travel was a reason why people couldn't get back to Jerusalem, and they were to keep 
Passover a month later. So uh, it could be in May. You know, I, I could be wrong, but I still believe I see timelines very strong for this year. Um, yeah. And I, I believe that uh, and a lot of people do. As a matter of fact, yeah. big trouble has been coming for a long time. Amen. So uh, uh, if it isn't Saturday, I, I'm still looking for uh, May Day. May Day is a distress call in America for military. And uh, it it will be, uh, I think, uh, at that point, if it's not if it's not by the first week in May, I, I have to say I've been a false prophet in my expectations. You know, I, I, I basically Amen. I've never said God told me I have never had a dream or vision. I'm just mm -hmm. looking at the scriptures and that's the way I see it. And bottom line is, you know, uh, when people go to court and they uh, say this guy said so we shook on it. He said, well, did you get it in writing? And <laughs> the judge says that. Uh, yeah. No. Well. We have it in writing from God. You know, we should put the things together. Uh, it's not somebody's dream somewhere that we have to trust, pull our full confidence in. And so that's how I see it. Amen. Amen. So you don't think it's a coincidence that what we see happening almost exactly like you've been sharing with us concerning a buildup, that something big is going to be happening in Jerusalem? Well, I see a more overt, uh, you know, President Erdogan of, of um Turkey has appealed for 57 Muslim nations to siege Israel. And I see that as the likely answer to Zechariah 14, that all nations, you know, right now it's, it's a small skirmish. It could escalate. I thought also that maybe uh, the Jew uh, Israelis might take out the nuke uh, factory in Iran as a, a provocative incident. I don't know exactly how we'll get there. It's easy. Several There are several ways, to, you know, just like the Internet, there are several ways to work around and get it done. And I think it can be that way. Amen. How do you see affecting us here, this affecting us here in the United States? I mean, we used to support Israel, but under the current administration, we've done everything we can to isolate Israel. Yes. Well, I, I look back at uh, um, half a dozen events in 2015 as warnings for the end time. And they uh, the biblical precedent for this is Ecclesiastes 3.15 in the New English Bible. It says, what is has been already, what is to come has been already. God summons each event back in its turn. And I'm seeing that Joseph gave a seven-year warning in Egypt. That's the, uh, and that there was going to be seven good years and then seven bad. Well, since 2015, the, the, the good years started the next year with uh, Trump's election, in my opinion. And we've had plenty to eat for seven years. And if you count uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, that's the seven years. 22 is gone. And I believe the bad times are coming. That, yeah. That's a, a quick, easy look at it with the signs. There are there's a timeline as well, though, and that is that America God is going to punish us because we've had great light. You know, it says judgment begins at the house of God. And America has a higher profession of Christianity than any other nation. But we have done bad stuff worse than any other nation with Roe v. Wade. Throwing yeah. the babies in the river, you know, is, is a bad thing. And um, when God executed judgment on Egypt, it, it included the fact that they, they threw the babies in the river. We've thrown 63 million in the trash. But yeah. the execution of judgment was like a jubilee. It freed Israel, and they had the promise of land. And those two ingredients were, occurred in a jubilee year in Leviticus 25, verse 10. So 
50 years, 50 years from Roe v. Wade is this year, you know, yep. 1973, 2023. Uh, so multiple timelines for this. And I'm just saying, hang on to your hats, folks. Uh, it's still coming, even though <laughs> I, I, I've thought might, it might could be this year. Uh, you know, we're eager for the Lord to come. We're eager to see how it could be, the, you know, today. But uh, really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still looking for Saturday as the 17th day, which is when the flood came. Or uh, a month from now, because it was the second month, basically. Amen. Amen. Well, back on our topic for today. In Genesis, we see God making the humans male and female, but we don't see a feminine aspect of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Are we missing something? Yeah, I think we are. And by the way, the, the support for what you said is in Acts 1, verse 20. Paul says, whatever may be known about God may be understood from the things that are made, even his Godhead. Um, did I say Acts 1? I mean, it's maybe Romans one twenty. okay? <laughs> I sometimes yeah, get my yeah. wires crossed. Yeah. But um, uh, if we can know the Godhead from the things that are made, and we're made male and female, it does suggest the possibility. But the other thing is in Proverbs 2, I'm sorry, Proverbs 20, verse 2, okay, it says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the honor of kings to search out a thing. Okay, so God doesn't just, he could have said it all on the first two pages of the Bible. My son is going to die on a cross, uh, you know, and, and, and so on. But he wants, the, he's not trying to overpower us with what we got to do, got to do. He wants to see how we want to live and serve him. And we search out in his word, the, the, the truths. Uh, to match up and and how, how well are we living at that? You know, are we more concerned about other things and what we have, or are we concerned about what we don't have with God, and how can we get it? You know, basically, if we somehow seek Him. So I I'm seeing uh, the idea that uh, it, it's it's for us to study uh, how those things come about and um, uh, lost my time <laughs> line of thought somewhere, but. Um, I, I'm confident, uh, I know the Bible well enough to know that we're at the door, and it's coming. How it's coming, uh, I'm not uh, fully sure, but to me, Muslims have to take the city. Oh, oh, I'm back on the other topic. I need to get back to the Godhead. Feminine. Uh, Paul says, uh, and this is just one statement, uh, Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. Well, cities can't be mothers, you know, uh, but People are named for uh, cities are named for for important persons. You know, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, uh, all, all those uh, Jefferson City, Missouri. Uh, so Jerusalem is her name. She is the mother. And if we're, you know, it, it says God gave His only begotten Son. You know, well, what does that mean? I, <laughs> everywhere else in the Bible, begotten means something. You know, and if we're in their image, I believe uh, somehow. Uh, we think of the Holy Spirit, but uh, Christ became a man, different, uh, maybe different form, uh, human, human form, but uh, maybe she became a spirit, so she could be everywhere in the, our hearts for the time being. Anyway, okay, so that's what I'm, I'm believing is supported by Scripture, and we can see in uh, um, if if Jerusalem is the mother of us all, she has a daughter in Isaiah 37, the daughter of Jerusalem shook her head at Sennacherib, the general who was beating on the gates of Jerusalem, to say, surrender to us, or we're going to make you mincemeat, you know. And the king 
sent, uh, he was in sackcloth and ashes in the temple, sent a message by Eliakim to Isaiah, the prophet, and said, is there any hope for us? The message comes back. The daughter of Jerusalem shook her head at Sennacherib, whom he blasphemed. And uh, that night, 185,000 Assyrians were dead outside the gates. Yeah. She must have been yeah. God. She And, and she, that blasphemy also suggests she was God. So the, the Godhead, uh, father, mother, son, daughter, okay, daughter, daughter. Well, we read about her in Proverbs 8. She said, uh, wisdom cries in the streets, and it refers to her, her mm -hmm. uh, a feminine, yeah. okay? Amen. And she was brought forth around verse 22, 23. She said, before the mountains and the hills, I was brought forth. And she was brought in verse 30. It says she, she was brought up with him daily, his re delight rejoicing always before him. Who is the him? I believe that's Christ. Mm. And we get another snapshot picture in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs, I'm sorry, Song of Solomon. Uh, yeah. Song of Solomon is one of the least understood books in the Bible, uh, and I believe it's because uh, it's really not about Solomon. It's really about Christ as the true wisest king of Israel. Uh, Solomon was, uh, made a lot of mistakes, including a thousand wives, <laughs> you know, yeah. basically. And uh, But it says in Song of Solomon 5, verse 2, uh, there was a knock again, and open to me my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. Now, none of Solomon's uh, brides were undefiled. They were all uh, had sex with him, I'm sure. Okay. Yep. But yeah. uh, in Hebrew weddings, when you get engaged, it's, it's a betrothal. You are scheduled to be married. And I, I believe that uh, Christ and his sister loved each other. She was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. But they put their marriage on hold to work for our redemption when Lucifer rebelled and uh, was thrown out of heaven, they said, we'll step into the gap. We will work for man's redemption. We will win his hearts back to uh, to the God instead of just doing our own thing. And so uh, I'm, I'm seeing that she was the dove. He says, my sister, my dove, she was the dove that descended on him at his baptism. She gave him wisdom to respond. If he had rejected her, and done his own thing with Bathsheba, not Bathsheba, but with Mary Magdalene or something, he, he would have died on that cross forever. They risked their their future total eternal happiness for our sakes, in my opinion. And that's to me, that's huge. You know, it's not just, uh, uh, you know, it, it, both of them were involved. In fact, one of the uh, uh, we know they had the sacrificial system for telling what was going to happen, the, the death of the lamb. They, they would kill a lamb. Well, for poor people, they couldn't afford a lamb. They had a pair of turtle doves. And one dove was, uh, the head was wrung off, and the other dove was dipped in its blood. That's the Holy Spirit, his sister, I think, for the time being. I do believe that when you come to Revelation, we see... Uh, um, another picture, uh, John sees one like the Son of Man. This is King James Bible, verse 13. Gird about the paps with a golden girdle. And the word for paps is mastos. It means female breasts. So here's one like the Son of Man, looking in some, some ways similar, but uh, with breasts. And uh, I believe that's her walking among the candlesticks. She said in uh, John... I can't remember which chapter, around 12, 14, she says, I will not leave you, the bad translation to say comfortless, I will come to you. But the, the Greek word is orphanos. I won't leave you orphans, I'll come to you. 
Well, Christ is like our spiritual father in a sense that he he begot us, you know, uh, in faith to him. And she is uh, the other parent, that, like the mother. And it says um, in Romans 8, 26, the spirit makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. Mothers make intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered either. You know, they they want to win us. Oh, my son got back into drugs or, you know, alcohol or something like that. They feel the pain, you know, and um, more than than men do, probably, you know. So the bottom line is that that um, I'm seeing they Mary is not the co-redemptrix as the Catholic Church has. They have a a false godhead with Trinity. Father, male father, male son, male Holy Ghost. Well, you know, this is homosexuality, and they got that problem, you know, with the mm -hmm. priests and with the pedophiles and all of that. Uh, basically, it's a false system, uh, and just about everything. And now, I'm not against Catholics people. Uh, I've had a half a dozen very good friends and fine Christians, okay? But their church, their leaders don't teach a lot of Bible. It's it's uh, it's Bible like... Uh, Coors light, this is Bible light, you know, for them, yeah, you know, amen. and Christ said, we should live by every word of God. Well, I have to say, I haven't lived by every word of God, trying to, I'm trying uh, right now, it, just to focus on end times is a big deal. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a lot in the Bible that um, I, I don't focus on, but I believe that I want to be ready for the next step on the ladder when it comes, because a lot of people won't be ready. Amen. Well, doesn't the, the Bible talk about that the bride of Christ is the church? Yes, it does in a spiritual sense, and uh, in a church, uh, he Paul said that he he would uh, have us betrothed as a chaste virgin to Christ. That's in Corinthians uh, eleven two or something like that. But the idea is, uh, um, we are not fully. Uh, let me let me back this up two ways. Okay, um, I'm seeing that that in Revelation there's a special group of people in the 14th chapter who are virgins, pure faith, I believe. And, and and the question is, uh, who are these virgins? If the Bible explains itself, they have to be the wise virgins to get into the wedding, you know. And uh, it, it's it, in in another sense, we are guests at the wedding. Uh, uh, not we are not the bride per se, you know. The bride. Uh, if you go back to Revelation, I took an upper division course in Revelation in college. I went to a Bible college, and. Uh, there is a Greek word called Kai, K-A-I, or Alpha, uh, you know, whatever. But the idea is that that conjunction is translated and, but it really means that is to say. And so when you read the text, the spirit and bride say come, it is the spirit that is to say the bride says come, okay? And so uh, she is the bride in the end, and we can be there for them at the wedding. and and be so glad and applaud it, but uh, the 144,000 are a spiritual sense of the bride uh, who get to travel with Christ wherever he goes in eternity as well. You know, in other words, a high, uh, it's, you know, when, when um, it says in Revelation 15, uh, first couple uh, verses, uh, uh, they, they sing the song of Moses and the Lamb, well, the song of the lamb is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> you know, if if we're the sheep, he's our, our uh, he's the Lord is our shepherd. But it says in, in the in the last verses of the 23rd Psalm, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so in Jerusalem, I think they have a special 
mission and uh, maybe with God's government throughout uh, the universe. I don't know. You know, I'm just speculating based on what we do know from Scripture. Yeah, amen, amen. When we look at the book of Revelation uh, and we're discussing the end times, most people reference scriptures like Matthew 24, where Jesus asked about the end times and the end of the world, and he pointed us to the fulfillment of Daniel chapter 7. Can you clarify for us how Daniel 7 relates to what we're talking about and concerning the end, the timing of the end days? Good. Thank you for that question. Actually, uh, Daniel 7 is prefaced by Daniel 2, where you have an image uh, of four different metals, a head of gold, chest of silver, thighs of brass, and legs of iron. Uh, it was Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, or Rome. Rome was the Iron Kingdom, uh, etc., uh, and Babylon was gold. It, it was wealthy. Well, today, America's, you know, the golden, uh, you know, everybody wants to come to America for a better life because we have so much materialism. Um, I, you know, the, the, the Pope came to um, Congress to tell us how to run the country. And I, I would wonder, because I spent a summer in South America and everybody wanted to come here for a better life, you know, basically. Uh, so how is how how why can't the Pope just help his problem in South America. If they all want to come here, he can work there to do it. He doesn't need to come here and tell us how to do it. The the I, I'm, I'm against the, the Catholic hierarchy. I love the Catholic Christians as sincere. Um, basically, times of ignorance for all of us, God winks at. And coming back to your question on Daniel 7, there are four beasts, just like the four metals in Daniel 2, and fierce beasts of prey, that's what the Bible reveals governments are like, fierce beasts of prey. They send men into war and get them killed. They tax us heavily and so on. But that uh, fourth beast, Rome, had horns growing out of it and a, a little horn that grew up that was different or diverse. Why? Because it was spiritual or religious. The papacy grew out of Rome, okay, the Holy Roman Empire. But it says it um, uh, persecuted the saints. And uh, the Protestant Reformation uh, estimates, uh, his conservative historians estimate between 50 and 100,000 Protestants were martyred, burned at the stake, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so not, not a good situation. And uh, I'm seeing how those four beasts, though, can also, in verse 17 of Revelation, I'm sorry, Daniel 7 is your question, and verse 17 says, these four beasts are four kings that shall arise out of the earth. And so in the end time, we have a lion with eagle's wings. UK is a lion. We have the eagle's wings. Bear is Russia. I grew up with that, with cartoons in the newspaper as, as uh, Russia the bear. And uh, I can see that uh, the leopard with four heads could easily be the Asian powers of China, uh, Japan, Korea, etc., economically forced, and so on. And finally, the EU is like the... Uh, the, the fourth uh, beast, uh, Rome, it has today it's in full uh, league with Rome and, and the papacy coming up uh, out of it uh, will will do this. And that little horn, by the way, is seen again in 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 um, Daniel eighth chapter. The next chapter has a vision at the time of the end and uh, it has a ram and gold conflict, which I'm saying is Iraq and Iran because the Medes and Persians are Iraq and Iran today. We've done Iraq. We're really at the end, and I believe that uh, something is going to get us angry to fight the the uh, the uh, Iran, basically. And I think they've been fomenting the uh, hostilities and the difficulties in in uh, Jerusalem, yeah. etc. Amen, amen. That's I see that too. And, and, you know, we discussed some of this before, but I want to emphasize again: 
why did the Catholic Church change the Sabbath day from the seventh day to the eighth day? Good point. <laughs> uh, and it does say so. In uh, This is Daniel 7, verse 25. Think to change times and laws. Well, they changed the calendar. And uh, when Constantine, who was a sun worshiper, came along uh, to unite his realm, uh, Jewish stuff was on the wane. They did, Jews were the ones that persecuted Christ. So get rid of the Sabbath. Let's have Sunday, Resurrection Day, and so on. And that's how the, the Bishop of Rome, at that time he was not a pope, but he was bishop, in 321, first Sunday law, that you had to observe Sunday, okay? Well, uh, our our Pope John Paul comes along with Jay's Domini. Domini is Sunday. Uh, Sunday is the day, you know. And then come Laudato Si with Francis. Uh, his also promoting Sunday worship. Uh, close the businesses. Um, cut down on greenhouse gases and get the blessings of the Eucharist that they want to offer. You know, so it is... Uh, family values. Well, who can argue with family values? We all need that. But God had a Sabbath. You know, he, he is the creator. It was a memorial to it. Why, why do we have to get rid of that? Just because they said, well, that was before any Jews were. It, the sat, Right now, the Jews are the only ones doing it to speak of. Uh, I I have to say, I, I, I was an Adventist for many years. I'm not a member anymore. I see I see all mainline religions as, as uh, stuck in their history and yep. not up with what's going on, really. Yep. And they're Amen. closed to, to truth for that reason. And the, the Laodicean church in Revelation 3, the, the last the last of seven churches is lukewarm, wretched, miserable, blind, naked. Uh, so why have your membership there? I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't have my membership there anymore, and I'm not supporting it. But I believe that, that uh, Sabbath is a real deal, and, and Elijah is supposed to come and restore all things. I think we can be part of Elijah's movement to help people get back to a more biblical stuff, you know, and that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Amen. Not a denomination. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. And all of this relates, of course, to the Jewish calendar system. How does our current calendar fit into the Jewish calendar or does it really matter at all? I think it does matter in the end when it says times of ignorance, God winks, he's been winking a lot. Okay. But when we come to the time of judgment and I think it's when he knocks. Uh, the ancient church of Laodicea ended in a in, in a knock with an earthquake. That was an, an earthquake encoded as a knock. And I see that the knock is also, though, in the wedding parable. Hey, folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Dr. Richard Ruling as we have been discussing the seventh seal of the book of the Revelation. And he, once again, he's relating this to what we see going on in the world today, current events happening over in Israel and the Middle East. Folks, you need to start paying attention. I mean, the soon return of Jesus is absolutely near. If you missed any of the preceding episodes where we covered seals one through six, you need to go back and listen to them. If you could just take a couple hours and sit down and listen to his explanation on this very important Bible study all the way through the sixth and seventh seals of the book of Revelation, your eyes will be open in ways that you can't even imagine as you prepare for the soon return of the Lord. Amen. Be sure to come back and join us for the conclusion of this interview in the very next episode. Till then, it's Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. 
Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.